I V M. Hello, beautiful Aishi. Hi, Tash. Welcome back, listeners, to yet another episode of Agla Station Adulthood, Season Two, Station Three. Station, yeah. I keep forgetting yeah. that we're. Um, How can you forget? No, I keep forgetting that now we have. See, we have to say season two before we say station three. It's yeah, very it's exciting, cool. you know. <laughs> um, we know that we've taken a break, but uh, we just everyone was very busy. That's all. Nothing else to it. Uh, yeah, no other excuse. And also, I think the dating episode with Aishwarya was so good that it needed two weeks of a breather for you to just like. Assimilate into that dating information. Yeah, and we hope that you've tried out some of her uh, tips and tricks uh, uh, on reaching out to people, making the first move. Uh, Do you like poha? That's the first question should be you should be asking everyone. Yes. Um, so, if you haven't heard that yet, you should. And specifically, if you're single or looking to get out of a relationship and into a new one, we have you covered. Yeah, and it's great uh, when you hear a dating episode from three single people. Because you know their success rate is so bad. Yeah, two and a half single people. See again now. This is my big question mark. But anywho, that's. Uh, but this is a good, um, you know, segue into our this week's topic. Which mm. again, just to remind everyone, our aim for season two was to do the first five episodes roughly in the same order again for the season, just to check in on where we are one year later on all of these different topics. So today we have um, relationships. Our episode is on relationships. Um, it's not just on uh, dating or romantic. Yeah, it's not specific to romantic relationships. I think the uh, past uh, year, the last exactly. ten months or so, have brought about a huge change in all kinds of relationships, whether it's family, friends, partners, or uh, professional relationships. So we're gonna like delve into. an overview of uh, where we are at and the fact that now we you know we actually did touch upon i think relationships and family dynamics so i think it was maybe the compromise episode or one of the ones that we recorded when we were deep in the uh, <laughs> lockdown <laughs> phase uh, where we talked about relationships and covid and how it's very yeah. stressful but sadly or fortunately enough i think we've now we've come to the point of just telling you that we now have statistics about relationships and covid because mm. we were like 9 7 8 months into this thing so people have obviously studied it done surveys to see how this has affected people's um uh, people's the variety of relationships in people's lives so it will be interesting to see that there has been i mean i know tectonic is a huge word but there has been a huge shift in the way we relate with each other now also oh, both of us look like mithai boxes today come on it's diwali themed ayushi get with the <laughs> I program i was i was leaning back and I was like oh you're looking like one mithai box i am a moti chur laddu that's for sure what are you kaju katli <laughs> no babe actually i you are kind of bluish yeah. silvery anyway yeah yeah um so Uh, I don't know how signposting would work for this episode, but we sh- we'll quickly talk about some of the studies that, or some of the surveys that have been done. Uh, we found a lot of stuff in China, weirdly enough, 
You know, it's not a surprise. <laughs> they had it before. They had the most experience with and COVID. They, they had it before they told the rest of the world. So, you know, yes. there's that. And um, some studies in France and some that are skewed towards women. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of these surveys were done for a more educated sect of society or kind of cut. So I know that this isn't entirely representative of everyone and more and moreover, they weren't Indian studies. So yeah, it's, uh, I don't want to like make any sweeping assumptions, but you can tell by and large that the mentality and the question and the sort of the questioners of these studies were kind of similar to what we'd also have been going through. And because we've also, we're still in this like limbo of lockdown, at least in Bombay, at least in Bombay we are. So, and I say the human experience transcends. Uh, yeah. Uh, to a degree, does transcend language, uh, geography, because it's human beings and human relationships are complicated and messy and glorious and beautiful altogether. And, and at the same time, they're actually painfully generic and the same at everyone's level. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you can, uh, you know, there's that, it's that movie that there's a line uh, where it's like, Breakups seem so earth-shattering and devastating to you, but honestly, they're just so unbelievably cliche to everyone else. Yeah, and I felt very attacked when I read that move, like that quote, because I was like, "You don't even know my pain." But what I'm trying to say is that, fundamentally, like you said, world over, there's a lot more that we have in common than mm. not in common. For sure. Um, so a study that was done by the Aviva Insurance Group in France, um, they, they surveyed between like 16,000 to 20,000 kind of, that was the individual, that was a range that they were looking at. And they surveyed 25 to 34 year olds. So roughly our generation, this, you know, nineties kids and from December, 2019 to May 20th, just in that period, there was a 5% increase in couples wanting to end their relationship and moving towards things like long-term relationship breakups and divorce proceedings. No way. And a 5% increase in this demographic in just about six months. Yeah, that's wild. Is a massive spike. That's wild. Oh my God. Because you probably never spent that kind of time together locked in with each other. And suddenly all of these things are coming to the forefront and you're like, I'm out. And then there's the intersection of the gender um, sort of thing here, which was that this was skewed more towards women because of all the stress that women carry in a household role and being just generically shoved into that domestic um, goddess or domestic provider kind of role yeah. that women felt the stress more than a lot of men did props to these women though who were like I, I want out I'm done I'm done I'm with them there was um, a similar study that was done in China and in Hong Kong and yeah. they did it um, again China studies were done in March and April so okay. I thought that that was a little bit premature but then in Hong Kong they were done more recently and because they have an online application system for uh, divorce proceedings and marriage mm. licenses, you like people were able to see the spike. And, um, you know, like Divorce China was a trending topic on Twitter for a couple of months with like 32 million tweets um, surrounding it. People because um, a couple of things, mental health is something that's not really still 
talked about in China. It's still kind of stigmatized. Mm. So you have that. You have very distinct gender roles, just how you do in India. Yeah. In China, they also have that. So a lot of women um, were dealing with a lot of domestic situations, domestic abuse, even. Um, so that was another slice of why people were reaching out for separations. And um, I, I love that they they interviewed some of these women and they were like, my husband doesn't help at home. I'm tired of him. <laughs> They're just like child rearing, working. And then there was third study, which was more for um, medical professionals when they realized that their relationships were the most strained because not only were they completely on call when working and in like, because this has been such a high wow. intensity, it, it's a medical disaster, obviously, um, that they weren't able to keep up their uh, responsibilities yeah. Yeah, to their work as well as their life. Oh. And when partners weren't supportive of that, the people who, you know, were first responders and uh, like nurses and surgical staff and people who worked in the healthcare sector were just kind of like, if you can't support me at this kind of a time, I'm out. So understandably so. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, that, you know, you it's not just the relationships that were like, oh, we haven't spent so much time together. We've realized that um, we're not compatible. This is like there's a lot of multi-layered social issues that kind of yeah. go into a breakdown of a relationship so fast. Usually divorce is like a two year, on average, it takes two years for a person to get divorced from the time that they think it to the time that they actually legally yeah. get divorced. Yeah. So if you're looking at things, if you're looking at six months as a accelerated rate, it's insane. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's insane what something like, a, I mean, a pandemic in itself is insane, but look at what's coming out of it. You're actually going to have a lot of, families not be families at the end of this or whenever the end of this I don't know this is very interesting a lot has changed I think this pandemic has changed the very fabric of society we can't deny it and first few months we were like okay let's see where this goes let's see how this pans out couldn't say much but now I think 10 months into it I think we can firmly ascertain that it has changed fundamentally a lot of things for a lot of people and we are no longer the same people we were. You know, we're ago. not. We're really not. And people who say that, no, 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 it's it's just kind of, it's transitional. It's very, um, it, it's just like a phase and we'll eventually, like the wave will come back down and we'll find our medium yeah. again. I actually don't think so. Neither. Like, yeah. I think the way that we interact, first of all, anyway has changed. Like, if you notice, people are less physical with each other. And I yeah. mean, more in terms of just, showing affection or body language, yeah. those things have changed yeah. so much, right? In the way that you yeah. interact. So these, um, and something else that kind of popped from all of this was a concept called funneling. And okay, what's that? I mean, the name is pretty, you know, self-explanatory in the ways that if you were to um, apply to a relationship, it basically means that, you know, the pandemic has, or COVID has made you kind of taper down mm-hmm. the priority mm-hmm. of relationships like a funnel. So you you start funneling down to how I always say, you know, we know down, Dash. Like, we like, know, we down. know down. So it, it's been good because people have re-established relationships with their families. Yeah. But all your peripheral interactions, which could be your colleagues, friends yeah. that you keep in touch with on um, a long term, like on a, a 
extended basis or far away basis like those relationships are the ones that have completely suffered if not broken down yeah like i'm not a very social person anyway yeah so i've only been in touch with a few close friends during the pandemic and i've seen my relationship with my friends also change maybe not outwardly or in the hanging out part where of course it's still the same and we're all still happy to hang out but i have also noticed it's the winnowing down it is the final thing it's not to say that these relationships are not important yeah. it is just to say that these relationships are maybe somewhere a little more important than others and and no finish your thought no and that guilt or that pressure yeah. or that society like oh no i have to maintain it with so and so and so and so i think that's gone away because nobody is in that zone right now to sit and maintain with so and so and so everybody is figuring out their own shit for lack of a better word and that's kind of pushed you into that box of feeling that you know i have to if you're going to prioritize your time who would i like to prioritize my time and safe time and like Absolutely. you know responsible time with yeah and this whole experience has also really brought to the fore maybe super paranoid people that exist in your friends and family circle yeah. like for a small example is a close family friend this auntie is too paranoid for words now to a point where it's like come to a point where my parents are not interested in even speaking to or asking or inviting or chatting or any of that that has happened with my parents friend group there's one spouse <laughs> there's one spouse like they have a friend who has a spouse and the spouse is insanely paranoid and refuses to even step outside like to be in like an open space garden or even go for a walk or like nothing nothing at all and i know that from their reaction they're like no it's not about not being safe like we we've, we've tested and we've been safe and being responsible but after a point you're kind of like if this person after like 8 9 months has no like bandwidth or mentality to even like slightly make an effort to meet or make an effort to engage or to yeah. create a relationship uh through the these covid months then maybe i don't even need to be friends with them <laughs> like you know absolutely i think this so uh, medical paranoia respect to everyone yeah. who's paranoid i have been there i have also been paranoid but after getting covid and recovering from it and i guess we've lived with it long enough now in society to have kind of maybe figured out some kind of safe ways to interact and socialize and it's not just you and me personally saying we think this is safe there have been official like the of un the health organizations or government itself is saying that there are responsible ways to do certain things and yeah. i mean I I I'm not saying that I don't believe in it but I I 100% believe that the pandemic is real I just think it's more like you have to find a way to start um engaging or living some level of life because and like to bring it back to the topic what's really suffering is your relationships is your relationships absolutely that's the thing that's the bottom line so it the question is kind of asked is like a what relationships are valuable to you yeah and the other one is which are the ones that you would like to put in effort with like cuz i do think those two are different things of like which ones are important but which ones are the ones that you actually want to put in the work for um and that question 
I would say has surprised me. The answer has surprised me when I've asked myself these questions. What's the answer then and why has it surprised you? Because I thought I liked more people than I do. <laughs> I mean, I just think that some people's necessity in my life has mm. just been proved to be like non-existent. Like, I don't need you. And I know that's a cruel yeah. thing to say, but I'm 100% sure they don't need me either. This is not Absolutely. just me saying that. I'm saying I, I know that I'm on someone else's cut list. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, it's okay. <laughs> um, but... I think the pandemic has been everybody okay with that. Like, it's okay. If oh, you cut me, it's fine. I've cut you too. It's all G. I think the, the hardest is when you haven't cut someone and then you realize they f*** you. And you're like, oh, okay. This wasn't like an important one between us. You know, uh, I have like been unsuccessful at cutting really. Um, but maybe more on that later. Should we slip into a small break? Yeah, sure. So we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the specific relationships that we miss and how to cut people out of your life. No, we'll see what we talk about. <laughs> okay, see you on the other side. And we're back. Ayushi? Yeah, so this is how you cut people out of your life. Step one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, what, do you them? Is that a thing? No. You know, I have done a social media cleanse, though. I'm not going to lie. I've muted a lot of people on my Instagram. Ah, this muting is the way to go, I think. If you don't want to destroy your relationships, but not really maintain them either. I think it's a great metaphor for real life. You mute them. Yeah. And I have such a inflated sense of self when it comes to my own content that I'm like, if you are not, if your vibe is something I don't enjoy watching, <laughs> you're, I'm muting you. Sorry. Fair. Fair. Um, but tell me. I know I have an answer to this. So let's ask you first. Um, what are a specific group or specific kind of relationship that you have grown to miss in the last six, seven months? Um, I have grown to miss work and the stuff that comes with that. So professionally, because I can't say I've not had uh, the first six months of lockdown, I was in a very heavily committed romantic relationship, living together setup. So that box was so too ticked. My parents were also involved, as in they were there in life. <laughs> I was in touch with them. So that box was ticked. And now more so after I've moved in with them, I'm beginning to explore a whole new kind of relationship with, that, uh, with uh, my parents. But more on that also in a bit. Because I've seen a huge change in the Absolutely. way... Absolutely to them just in this past few months um, but I honestly do miss uh, work and in a way it's kind of scary for me also because today after a long time actually I went in for a real life audition and a real life meeting with a director yeah but you enjoyed it I enjoyed but Ayushi I almost had forgotten I feel how to interact with people yeah it happens and yeah and of course, you find it, but that ease or the flow with which if you're doing it every day or if it's part of your like routine. You're just out of practice. Yeah, I'm out of practice and I miss uh, that a little bit, just uh, professionally networking because being on Instagram, on social media and networking and chatting with people from the industry is different. 
than actually being in the same room with them and talking to them. It's a whole different thing. And I am the same person online as I am offline. But I think online there is more space for me to retreat and then come back. But in real life, there's no space for you to retreat into your bubble and then come back. If you are there, you're there. Nah? Absolutely. So I enjoyed it today because also it challenged me, reminded me of myself back in the day before this uh, eight-month hiatus has come along. Oh. Yeah. Um, honestly, uh, same. The r- relationships that I miss the most are my colleagues. And... Um, just being at work where yeah. there was a there's an energy there's people there's human interaction and because i got to travel a fair amount to uh, a lot of the offices around the country that was always so challenging and so fun because not yeah. only do you get to speak to different parts of your team and the company across but you get to again involve yourself with different kinds of people across the country and you know me, I just love to get to know my countrymen. <laughs> and, <women. laughs> and it's also about like different perspectives, right? Exactly. Like right now, you've been living with your parents for six, eight months. I know all their opinions. <laughs> we know each, everyone's perspective at home. Now I'm like tired of that. Exactly. And I miss that so much. And you know, what really kind of upsets me is that a lot of our friends, a lot of at least my friends, um, and not just in our girls group, but even in the larger sense, they all seem to have become okay with this working from home life because a lot of them don't work in such an operationally heavy or yeah. even for you, like working on set and going yeah. in and all of those things. None of them do that. And a lot of them are okay working completely at home. They're like, no, we're not going to open up because our team is completely remote now. And I mean, my brother's own job has become like that. And so there's a lot I find that, you know, it almost makes me feel guilty because I'm talking on chats like oh, I can't get wait to go back to office and then go back mm. to work and like you know travel and stuff and people are like why it's just like we've given up our space like we're not doing this and I'm like but it's easy for you to say when your personality and your job is built that way but if you're like me which I think a lot of people are you miss human interaction and absolutely I like I think it's almost like fuel for me I am with you that's the thing that's what it is these work relationships and being out in the world yeah getting work related rush a work it's a work high you know that and fuel. I I know that the entire country and the world and the region is like super excited that now we can work remotely and quite frankly the labor industry across the world like just labor if you think about it and specialization is changing radically because if you don't have to be in an office, you can work from anywhere. That means there's going to be a breakdown of how job interviews happen, by the way, and where you can hire from and company cost, cutting costs. Let me just tell yeah. you that. But the point is, I don't want that. I, I want to go back to work. I like an office. I like mm. the the interaction that you have together. I like hearing about my colleagues' lives and traveling and seeing and meeting different people and I think we've grown into this part of adulthood in a big way, Aishi, because when you talk about this, I am thinking of school kids right now who are puck out with online classes and they just want to go to school and play with their friends. I just want to play with my work friends. Yes. Yes. And we are officially adults now. Because yeah. that's our fun. Yeah. And 
I think there's a richness that comes to your life when you when you start interacting with people that's not just in your friend circle because fortunately or unfortunately for us our friend circle is the same people that we went to school with we grew up with and we still hang out with. So yeah, it's out, very limited. Outside of that bubble, yeah, to understand that there is another human existence. Yeah. Work was the way that I did that. Absolutely same and I love it. I love getting that whole varied it's like a melting pot of this country i think because both of our jobs gave us the opportunity to experience a larger india with yes. more points of view and more diversity which the south bombay bubble to lacks in a huge way and that fuel i personally really enjoyed also yes and i think that brings me to like the next point which is political relationships i think it, and no hear me out our relationships in the last 6 months have at least in india let me speak for indians we have suddenly we've spoken about this our last 2019 2020 has been that renaissance for us right like we are suddenly we just have a way more involved political uh, like what is it um electorate our electorate suddenly is way more involved than we ever were and we were just loving that but the problem with being in the pandemic is you just hear the same voices again and again you're not yeah. interacting you're not exploring it's just social media or this and so suddenly and think about all the shit drama that has gone on in our country over oh, yeah. the last eight months and i don't mean pandemic i mean everything, everything else is. that's everything been going is. on yeah and yeah. Y- you don't get to engage you don't get to discuss you don't get to hear from other people how they it's actually it's all happening feel. inside a screen the only way you can engage is through a screen and it's only going to be with people who have the same kind of exactly. world view as you and it's so limited and I it's agree on a you. screen or it's 140 characters and that is not yeah. a way to have a discussion with someone that's not the way to build a relationship with someone as an ally or as someone that you disagree with yeah yeah so you know when you sit down to think about all the different ways that your relationship is being challenged with all these people it almost makes you feel kind of very um, interested to know all these pandemic deniers like you know like it's not real this is not i'm like no, tell me more just i want to know <laughs> because i think this this is devastating this is devastating that we are just not engaging with each other we don't speak to each other we don't meet different yeah. people like you know we went we started the year by protesting out in the streets like india was on its knees sitting in outside different monuments across the country asking for things that they wanted from their government and now you're sitting at home being like hey maybe we can get ice cream today you think if we wear a mask i don't know maybe should we should we not let's just order it and then that's it like your interaction has just become so like okay that's it was so nice to be part of your community it was so yeah. nice yeah. i don't know it just it feels like i know this sounds like a complaining thing and it's not really about relationships but so much has been stolen from us yes yes i agree with you um yeah yeah there's a positive to all of it i know i know i no know. no 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 i'm <laughs> i'm fully where you are also i i, I get it there is but there's i don't know what the solution is i oh, don't know yeah. what the way out is because also when like the hatras incident had happened there were protests etc organized but given the pandemic and situation 
it is like where are we we are in a catch 22 situation right now where there is so much going on in the country which demands our attention but the pandemic is also very real and on the loose kobe yeah. is out to get us exactly and so the, the thing is that you aren't allowed to be not allowed to be but it's getting so hard to start prioritizing things that you care about because no matter what it is that's engaging you or upsetting you or outraging you somehow covid like is still looming above all of that and makes everything else seem like but listen there's like hundreds of thousands of people dying worldwide because of this so i think the fact that you're disengaged from your community you're disengaged from your larger group of um, social connections you know i think it has spiked loneliness and yeah. disengagement in a huge way especially for people who live alone like i can uh attest to my sister who has been living alone for most of this pandemic yeah. only in the last month or so have we really increased the whole visits like coming and visiting her staying with her and she got a cat 3 months ago so i've also noticed how it affected her and kind of made her a different person because people who are okay with being alone and not maintaining relationships as such it made it even harder for us as family or friends to reach, to out, reach out to them. them and pull them out of that being like hello 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 there's more to life out than outside that is outside a screen and outside of your work from home situation so i think That's something we can definitely we need to work on because even know, though it is what it is, relationships are that rust of life. You know, of it course, is, it's what fuels a lot of us. And and have, and for people who aren't um, okay with a solitary and look, this is not like judging people who are okay with having a, a more solitary yeah. lifestyle. Um, good for you if you're doing well and enjoy it while it lasts i suppose but for people who don't live like that this is challenging like the suicide rates have gone up in america by like 14 to 15% in one year which no is way. insane and the and then if you think about the age groups that are suffering the most who have been calling the national suicide prevention hotlines it's all young adults it's in the 18 to 27 range that are so are feeling so disconnected from everything and anyone that they are considering these very extreme um sort of tactics or i, I don't know a cry for help in some way so it's not to say that it's only covid that is leading to a breakdown of mental health in america like their political field right now is mind and they've been going through their own stuff but it's it's contributing to a very weird new way of living and so i think kind of the, the way that i'd only want to sum it up is yeah you really need to work at the relationships in your life yeah to to save them or to have any semblance of normalcy or to create a lasting connection. Yeah. I don't know like I I mean and not just on like the dating thing but how are you supposed to meet a partner in a lockdown? That's like another thing. Like there are less weddings this year and there will be sorry there will be less weddings next year. But on a like positive kind of cutesy note, 
um, if by chance you have happened to start like flirting with someone uh, through the social media realm, um, there is something very reminiscent of like being in uh, high, school? high school or college where you're like staying up and talking to this boy or being on video call. And um, that's been fun and exciting because uh, yeah, I'm flirting. What's there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's good because, but it's the same thing that we said last week with Ashwarya. It's like, it's, it's initially fun. But then yeah, you realize yeah. that, uh, like, now what? Oh, no, absolutely. Because now I'm reaching that now what place because we've been doing this chit-chat, flirting, flirting online and on the screen for I'm a kind couple of, of months now. I'm turned off by people now uh, on WhatsApp and FaceTime because I'm just like, you know what? It's just, you're just another person in a screen. I know. And I want to be in like the same room as you and breathe the same air and lean over and laugh and touch your arm and... Instead, I have to concentrate on the screen when all I want is to look away from the screen and look outside. Let's all look at the sky together. But no, we cannot. I can look at the sky from my room. You can look at the sky from your room. And you're you're talking about the nice little beautiful, those micro interactions, like, you know, laughing or the flip of the hair or a casual touch. I'm talking more on like a very realistic level, like, I need to meet you in person to know whether I'm into this. Otherwise, I'm just wasting everyone's time. (laughs) Yes. Because we haven't met in, you know, if if the person and I have not met, I'm now just extending this, like, noose. Like, I'm just pulling the thing longer and longer. I don't know whether we're going to unravel it or I'm going to, like, pull the hangman's lead. You know, like, I don't know. And so, as you can tell... I am not okay with what COVID has done to relationships. I know. I know. I don't think anyone is. It's been a real roller coaster for. There have been a lot of people who have bonded with their families, though, after a really long time. Absolutely. And what was that? I just just yanked the uh, earphone out of my ear and it hurt me. Sorry. The family bonding thing is nice. um, But also, I think just speaking from a personal angle, it's also brought up. Oh, yeah, a lot you were going to say your parents. Yeah, so the cracks. Yeah. And you see the cracks in a relationship because you spent more time with these people, also because we are one year further into the adulthood journey. Yes, absolutely. So, beginning to understand the gray, the complications of what a married relationship of 35, 36 years looks like, what the cracks are what you can do, how you can intervene, how you cannot. Um, These things have become very, very apparent. What did I tell you about interfering and intervening? You said you can't change them. And I have understood that now. But I mean, last week I had had my first meltdown, if you will, with my parents. (laughs) Lovely. Yeah. um, And I think I told them and shared with them whatever it was that was bothering me, not about my life, but about where I felt that we had not, um, where they had not met my expectations as a child or where I felt something, some gaps were there. Ooh, so it was where I've been so open and so vocal with both of my parents. Yeah, I got into a proper deep one with them. And so my mom and I have always been very close. But my dad and I have had a limited close relationship. So there are safe topics to talk about. And then we are best of friends. 
there's always a version of myself that I have been with my father. Hmm. But when I moved back in home, uh, in right now, I realized I cannot be a version. Yeah, I have be to be myself. Yeah, whether you like it or you don't like it. So the meltdown was part of me introducing him to this new person that I am as a 27, 28 year old almost. In all of this, ye hum hai fully. If you want it, take it. If you don't want it, don't. But of course, me have crossed a line also. I felt that day. So then from my end, I've written a letter to him explaining in that letter that this is who I am. This is Ritasha 2.8. And I'm excited to get to know you now as an adult. And let's build this relationship. Because again, it's come down to one thing which I've always felt strongly about is like communication is key in any relationship. Yeah. Keep it. And a lot of Indian families don't communicate because communication has never been something that people have stressed upon you just kind of follow the chain or this hierarchy that it's like they said you do this so you do that and then god forbid you you know step it to out of the line and it's uncomfortable i don't disagree it is uncomfortable to have some conversations with your parents it is it takes a lot to of courage also put I yourself think. out there and then again to apologize also because it's very easy to brood and be like no but you were like this to me so I'm not going to talk to you for three days you have three friends at home that's it <laughs> you have to make Literally. peace you have to make exactly. peace before dinner because I'm not having this vibe at, at the dinner table there's such limited times when we're happy so absolutely yeah but you're right like relearning who and that I think again this is something that we have discussed in a previous yeah. episode, but it is worth mentioning again is that yeah. getting to know your parents and that relationship at this stage is yeah. a whole new ball game. And getting to know them as 55, 56, 57 year old human beings and getting for having them know you as a 28 year old day to night, 29 year old, yeah. whatever, you know all day like this is who I am when I get my period this is who I am you are now going to see yeah. me in the five days before the period the three days after yeah. it you're going to see me when I'm doing a workout challenge and I and I want to cry yeah. all the time like you're yeah you are going to see all of me yeah and it, it I just want listeners to realize that I know I've been complaining but this does make the relationship richer because you're going to Absolutely. have you're going to have a adult friend. Hopefully, Absolutely. hopefully at the end of it, you'll have a friend. Um, yeah. It takes some work though. Like, I mean, we've, I've had uh, so many screaming, like, and my temper is more like you, you can push me, you'll push me, you'll push me. And I won't say, and I won't. And then it's like at that final thing, I'll absolutely erupt. And then I immediately, like the words have escaped and I immediately regret everything. And I'm like, Oh no, I, why you say like this? Mm. So then I walk away, but immediately you know that the thing to do is to apologize and to make it right. But sometimes it's just so unfair that you have to do it. Like as a kid, you still have to do it. Yeah, but this, you know, I've come to understand also, if we are honestly interested in maintaining a good relationship and building from here and to become even better and closer and warmer and tighter, mm. You have to do whatever it takes. Yeah. There is no room for ego. Oh, yes. Have we said this before? I think, yeah. No, there is no, no room with parents. to leave your ego yeah. outside the door with any of your intimate relationships. Yeah. Whether it's your lover, your parents, your sibling. Sibling. Uh, everyone. Don't have ego. These are too precious to have. Um, like, what are you going to win? Like, 
honestly nothing nothing yeah. nothing good will come out of you having an ego at home yeah because your parents already have the ego by the way <laughs> yeah then i'm coming to say sorry they'll give you fruits maximum um <laughs> that's my mom's love language food. i i gathered fully you're talking about your mom <laughs> and i had a image of her being like aishi eat your cherry yeah she'll just be like there's strawberries and i'm like that's a statement like you've not even off like you haven't even come to, you have just said there are strawberries so i'll go have them and what you're trying to say is i thought of you and i got them yeah i care you should be grateful i'm like okay. that's just her love language guys that's what yeah that's another interesting thing our listeners should look into and google find out your love language you know tell us about it dm us mine is definitely a words of encouragement and touch i was going to say you are definitely words of encouragement and touch mine is um it's it's mine is words of encouragement and rewards yeah you are looking for gifts i feel <laughs> <laughs> no i think it's not so much gifts so the way there was like your results or yeah like so if you don't see the material aspect of something like appear you're kind of like but why and then i realized as much as i would like to say that i'm i'm oh, i'm not i'm above it i'm not i like it you're right i like gifts sorry this was a two minute yeah. waste of everyone's time i like gifts yeah so it's interesting guys examine your love language and um i think in um closing i'd like to say because i think we've reached the end of this episode no somewhere yeah i think we've gotten a lot off our chest i hope that a lot of you um felt some sort of relatability here because this one was definitely just about relating with each other and you guys not and relationships more. are not easy to maintain they take work they take effort no matter what relationship it is i think as we grow into our adult life it's going to be easier to cut things off and like erase or drift away from relationships um yes we can do that it's cool to also cut out stuff that's toxic and doesn't serve you but also good to reexamine and be like am i not putting in an effort am i not giving this relationship enough because uh, it is a two way street that's for sure and work with patience yeah work with kindness yeah um i think uh, it what was that thing that i sent today i sent it on instagram i do want to re- if you just bear with me one second uh it's about seed So if you plant a seed, wait, you're not going to be checking me, on it to see read, that if you ruined it, you gone. ruined it. Let me just read it out. No, for such a wah, nice. Wah, wah. Huh? You wouldn't plant a seed and then dig it up every few minutes to see if it has grown. So why do you keep questioning yourself, your hard work, and your decisions? Have patience, stop overthinking, and keep watering your seeds. So relationships are also seeds that we should be focused on. It's not just jobs and. um you know accomplishments at work or monetarily material things um relationships are fruit bearing trees yep so you have to water them and work on it let us know if your relationships have gotten better we hope that they have in lockdown and if they haven't that's okay too yeah. no pressure no stress we need to just acknowledge where we're at and see how we are doing through all of this Absolutely. And yeah. um we hope that we have earned the privilege of your time. 
Yes, and if you like this podcast, you can listen to this and everything else on the IBM Podcast app or on the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can follow us individually on social media at I'm at Just Ayushi on Twitter and at Ayushi A Nine on Instagram. And I'm at R I T A S H on Instagram. And IBM Podcast is just IBM, IBM Podcast, Podcast on everywhere. Everywhere. So get involved. Send us your thoughts. Interact with us. We love you. And thank you for listening. Bye, guys. Good night. <laughs>